Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Child Whisper Podcast. I'm your host, Carol Tuttle, author of the best-selling book, The Child Whisper. Thanks for joining me today. And the fact that you're even listening says to me that you're really committed to raising happy, successful, and cooperative children. And I'm here to support you with that. The phones are open today, and I would love to support you uh, by calling in at 347-677-1963. And remember to press the one if you want to speak with me. The topic today is how to boost your child's confidence this summer. At the time of this live broadcast, we're moving into summertime, and there's an opportunity to spend, for most people, more time with your children. And so to keep a focus on boosting their confidence is a really great thing to set an intention for. For this time period, you tend to spend more time with the kids. But let's start with a success story. This came in from a type 3 mom, and she wrote, I am a type 3 mom, and I was having trouble getting my type 4 8-year-old daughter to eat dinner. This has gone on for years. We thought we tried everything, but I decided to give her more responsibilities in the kitchen. She now makes her own sandwiches and packs her school lunch. She also helps me cook dinner by peeling a carrot or something simple. An amazing byproduct of this is that she now realizes how much work goes into cooking. And she said, you do so much for me, Mommy. I'm grateful. And uh, our Type 3 mom wrote, Thank you, Carol. I'm so grateful for this information. So, you know, that would be the case with Type 4 children when they understand they have a great sense of reasoning. When, they, when you can reason with a Type 4 child, when they can see the bigger picture, they have more commitment to being cooperative because they understand the reason behind it. A lot of times, type 4 parents will try and reason with children of other types, and it doesn't go so well. But with type 4 children, it is a motivator for them. And so this mom helped this little 8-year-old child see the bigger picture of what goes into meal preparation and all the steps and parts to that. And this little girl's more cooperative now because of that uh, more vast and broad understanding. Let's look at now with our to- our topic today, how to boost your child's confidence this summer. To give you a tip um, per type that I think would be a nice reminder, they're real short, 
So take a note that if you have this type of child, this is a real quick reference to say what helps just in the day-to-day -day interaction, what just without directly trying, it's sort of the indirect approach to boosting their self-confidence by the way you interact with them. So for a type one child, laughing at their jokes and affirming their ideas, just chuckling with them, being playful with them. And again, their ideas are just, they, they express them as they come to them. And that was an aha for me when I realized for my type one children, I had a tendency to think that the ideas that they had had to follow through into actual execution. And it dawned on me one day, oh, let's just celebrate the idea for the sake of having an idea. It doesn't have to be anything more than that. It doesn't have to be executed. It doesn't have to come into fruition. It can just be, that's a great idea. That was just the celebration of the idea. How much can you do that with your type one child? Just again, that boosts their confidence. Then for the type two sensitive child, and this is such a lovely thing to do for um, them to make physical contact in your interactions in a loving, sensitive way, like taking their face in your hands and telling them how much you love them, or just putting, connecting with them, taking their hand, putting um, your arm around them, telling them how much you love them, and thank them for the gifts they bring to the family and to the world. My little grandson is a type two. He's three years old. And when I was visiting recently with his family, anywhere we went, he wanted to take your hand. And he wanted to connect with you. It was a, a, something I noticed that was consistent for him. Anytime we went somewhere, we, he'd grab onto my finger or my hand. He was insistent upon that. And I just realized what a sweet thing that was that he was wanting to make those physical connections. And one of the opportunities, um, I'm going to add this in as sort of a bonus piece is notice if you're overlooking them or you're kind of, they're fading into the background. This little guy's only three and his two older brothers were, we were planning a little outing and there was this scenario of, well, do we let have the three-year-old stay home and take a nap or do and I said to his mom, you know, I think right in this moment, it's better we don't, we don't overlook him and make him stay home That because these kids are coming with me. That's a special thing. I'm not there on a regular basis. I said, would it be okay with you that we brought him with us? I don't want to overlook him. I said, that'll hurt his little feelings. <laughs> and I don't want him to feel crushed and his feelings to feel, you know, I don't want him to feel sad that he was overlooked or you know he didn't get to come and he was so thrilled and it was a real we decided rather than go on the bigger activity we took a short um we we did a short activity to the park for 20 minutes i said let's just go to the park i'll play with him we'll take him he'll have some fun then we'll just drive by you know come back to the house i'll bring him in he'll be able to get his nap and then we'll go to our other activity he was thrilled that little boy was so delighted. And I could tell that his little feel, you know, type twos, they're very sensitive. So their feelings can, they don't want to be their feelings to get hurt. They can't help it. So we need to be mindful of that in our interactions to help build their confidence. And then our type three determined child. 
do something with them, do a project, uh, let them get in, you know, do something that might seem over the top, you know, like something you might roll your eyes at, let them do it, let them get their hands on that. And then to whatever degree they accomplish it, make a big deal about it. Wow, that was amazing. Look what you did or nice, nice attempt or way to go for it. You really put your all into that. So, uh, you know, or even give them a challenge for the summer. You know, how, if they're readers, if they're doers, depending on do they like, what do they like to do? Do they like to make puzzles? Do they like to read? Do they, are they drawn to learning how to cook? Depending on the ages, but how many new recipes could they try? You know, sit down and, and carve that out for them to say 10. You know, give them a, um, a goal to achieve, a task list to accomplish. And they'll be, they'll be drawn to that. They'll be challenged and engaged by that. And that will boost their confidence. Then our type four more serious child, just they need some one-on-one -on -one time with you, especially if there's a multiple people in the household, lots of kids home from the summer. So carve out a time once a week in the summer just for them, even if it's in your home. It doesn't mean you have to go somewhere. Maybe it's in their bedroom. Maybe it's in a part of the house that you just decide that's going to be a, a private activity for you and your child. And give them your full attention during this time with no interruptions or distractions. Leave, turn your phone off, leave it alone, tell the other kids. If they're younger children, then maybe you have to get a babysitter involved. But even if it's just for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, again, simple things make big differences. On a regular basis, these simple, simple things make a huge difference in sending the message to your child. Why are these confidence boosters? Because you're recognizing your child's true nature in these moments. You're honoring the truth of who they are. That instills confidence. It's validating to them and it says it's really positive being me. Self-confidence is a byproduct of validation from a parent. That it's safe to be me. It's honoring to be me. My parents see me for who I am. Naturally, the byproduct of that is confidence. And so little things build a, a foundation of self-confidence that carries a child into their lifetime. And they don't have to try and find that years later. They're given their support to experience that in their childhood. Just a heads up, we're going off air after this live podcast for 10 weeks. We're taking a summer hiatus. We'll be back on the air live. So this is the last live show to actually have a live one-on-one -on -one call with me. So please call in at 347-677-1963 and ask your questions. And then we'll be off the air. And it'll be a great time for you to do makeup podcasts, listen to recordings, set a goal, set an intention that you'll listen to one podcast a week. You'll get 10 podcasts in in this time period, and it will be life-changing for you. 
think we're coming back on air on August 17th. Um, my producer and I are take, we've got some other child whispering things that we're going to start working on that I'm not going to tell you what they are. Uh, we'll have hopefully be in a position more to announce some new things that are coming the latter half of this year that I'm very, very excited about that people have been asking for that I'm going to um, get focused on during this uh, summer break. Let's go into our questions then that were submitted by email. This mom writes, um, I am following your blog and have read a lot of your written work. I am from Norway and am a type 2. My question is about my 4-year-old, type 4. He is very whiny at times and needs to be reassured a lot. Today he was making something out of tape and pieces of paper. He does this often and finds a lot of joy in giving his creations away. We always praise him for this. Today he was trying to use thread on his craft, something he, was, he hasn't done before. He was struggling with the thread while I was busy cooking dinner, and he wanted my help. I tried to help him the way he wanted me to, but it wasn't the right way. I probably didn't respond correctly when I told him that if neither me nor him could do it right, maybe he should use the tape. I gave him the tape, and he was sad and unhappy. I walked out of the kitchen to get something, and then he came after me saying the words I hoped I never would hear. I am not good at anything. He responded to him that he is, I responded to him that he is good at a lot of things and assured him of his talents as well as telling him, I love the things he makes. I also encouraged him not to give up. How can I raise him to believe in himself? You know, that's a very common practice that a, a parent will come right back at to a kind of you're now saying, no, you're, you're really good at things. So it's a funky scenario because, especially with a type four child, they're going to debate you. They actually like a debate. No, now you might invite them to debate you on this question of whether or not I'm good enough. So in a way, you're telling him he's, he is, he is incorrect. That's an incorrect assessment of himself. Now, but he's taking it as a, you're debating something he said, and you're actually saying, well, no, you're wrong, I'm right, because I'm going to tell you what's really correct here, even though I know you were correct in saying that. It's just a, it's a weird little thing that will get created with a type 4 child that they don't want to be told who they are, <laughs> even if it's, even if it's a correct, uh, it's correct information to say, well, no, you're a really good human being and you really are good at things. So what if you were to say in that moment, so you believe you're not good at anything? And he might say, yeah, I'm not very good at this. Well, anything's a really broad statement. So you believe you're not good at anything? See, this is a child that you can reason with. They're going to go, well, but that's absolutely not true. Well, so you're not good at anything. Nothing. So you believe you fail at everything? See, I would exaggerate it. I would show them the exaggeration of that statement by agreeing with them and saying, okay, so uh, what about this? Name something then they're pretty good at. You believe you're no good at that? Okay, now you've got their attention because in that moment, they're just doing the all or nothing game of if I can't do this, then I'm not good at anything. But kind of, you know, this is a way I could see myself doing this with my type four grandson where I'd say, 
you're not good at anything. I wow, that must be really, you know, lousy to have to live life when you're so terrible at so many things. How do you handle that? He would get it. He would look at me like, okay, that's really extreme, Grandma. I guess I am good at some things. And then I'd try and get him to say it. Well, is that true? And he'd say, no. I said, you are good at some things, aren't you? Yes. Okay, so name three things that you know you're good at, that, that he'd name them. And then I'd say, so, pro, you know, I'd help him see the process that how he became good at things was to continue to practice, get better at it. You're not always good at the go that you're not always good the first time that you attempt something. And because you know what he's saying is not true. And ultimately, your child doesn't believe it. It's just a don't take it so literally. Is They're really not in that moment. It's just a, they're feeling this sense of I'm failing. And so play with it in this way so they don't have this fear that, oh, no, my child's really believing this. Because I don't believe they are. It's just. It's just, you know, when my son would say to me, my type four son, I hate you. I hate all of you. I wish I were, I, I wish I could die. And he'd stomp off to his room when he was eight. I didn't take him literally that he really, I, what I was hearing was he doesn't feel respected and heard. And I knew that enough, even though I didn't understand him as a type four more serious child. I knew he was sending us a message that wasn't about the words he was choosing. It was an emotional frustration. Your child's frustrated in that moment. And so work with it so he can start to experience, say, rather than saying, I'm not good at anything, and put himself down, say, I'm really frustrated that I can't get this to work. And then you can teach him that. Because when you finally kind of move him out of that kind of extreme, you can say, well, try saying, so what, you're, you're really frustrated, you can't get the string to work. So a more accurate expression would be for you to say, so it's more accurate to say, I'm really frustrated, I can't get the string to work. See, so you're using all these as teaching moments so that they manage their, the way they have emotional response with these sort of all or nothing statements so that they'll go, yeah, I guess I don't need to say I'm not good at anything. And as a type too, um, your tendency, see, how can I raise him to believe in himself um, by believing in him? <laughs> believe in him. Don't go there with him. But you can re-listen to this and track what I've got, you know, the, the steps I gave you. And I think you'll see that you can move him out of that space pretty easily to see the bigger picture that that was not an accurate assessment of things. Then the next question that came in, my daughter now, four years old, is struggling to live in her true nature as a result of being in the crossfire of my severe postpartum depression and anxiety. Now that I've overcome my challenges, how can I help repair our relationship? And how can I help her trust her true nature again? She and I are both type ones. You just need to bring in a light energy and start moving like type ones, uh, dancing, turn on music, get the energy up, make it light, bounce around, uh, move the energy, get the energy moving. And a type one movements 
singing, dancing, uh, get a little karaoke machine, let her sing to it, music, a type one beat, bring that into your space, move with her, get the energy moving and it'll start to lighten up. Then this mom writes, my type two 10 year old daughter is so insecure. She literally shrinks when boys her age walk by her. She refuses to speak at all and looks at the ground when people she doesn't know very well address her. How do I help her to hold her head high and know that she has a place in the world and that she's so beautiful and valued? I'm a type four mom. Well, this one is needing time. If you've just learned this about her, don't uh, tell her it's okay to feel those insecurities. Give her the time and support she needs. She doesn't want to feel this kind of anxiety. It's 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 embarrassing to her, and so don't don't set her up in those situations to try and get her to do it in front of people. They want to. She just want to shrink away. So be really careful and sensitive to handling. You know. Bring her close to you if you're with her, with other people. Let her look to the ground. Hold her. Don't, don't try and make her energy be an extrovert energy. Ask her what you could do to help her. Is there anything that happened that was wounding to her in her past? Is there anything that embarrassed her that now makes her super self-conscious to, you know, anything happened when she was really little? Give her, let her talk about it. Don't try and fix it. Let her start to express her feelings and just validate her fear rather than, you know, it's a really important piece that you honor her emotion, honor any embarrassment that she's had, anything that set her up to feel super nervous because she's still feeling connected to a past event that was really overwhelming to her. And so the um, don't try and fix it, validate and recognize what's going on for her first. And then work with her to give her the confidence to make make it different. For her to have the confidence to, to feel a little bit of discomfort and put herself out there a little more. And the boy thing, she's only 10, you know. <laughs> I'd be okay with that. That I don't I wouldn't want my child to feel insecure around boys, but I certainly wouldn't care if my 10-year-old was highly interested in boys at that point. I'd love for that to be the case and say they're just people. And uh, that there doesn't need to be this uh, reference to making sure she's super confident with boys. Make sure she's starting to feel her confidence with any gender and anybody. And so the boy thing, I just, why is there a focus on the boy thing in your question? I don't know. There may not be any reason for it. But uh, take a look at that, that there's some old energy going on there about we have to, as females, show up a certain way around males. Um, I would hope young ladies, young gir girls, boys would feel the opportunity to be themselves no matter who they're with, whatever gender it is, and to support that as parents. And, and again, it may take a little more time than you might feel you want to support it with. So last shout out, last call for any live callers. It may be a shorter show today, which is fine. You know, some podcasts just aren't as long as others, and that's great. The number, if you are listening and you have a quick question, 347-677-1963.
it is a holiday in the United States, so um, there's people are pretty busy, but I want to make sure I got this in this this show in the docket for you to listen to in the archives. So I've got one more written question here that we can take a look at. Get my this one came in from um, a type one mom. And she says, I'm a type one mom. My type one three-year-old daughter is such a joy. I rarely have problems with her. Her older brother is a type three, six-year-old, and gets into mischief wherever he goes. Lately, he's been saying to, saying, you love my sister more than me, or you're having fun with her and not me. I consciously make an effort not to favor one child over another. I honestly love them both the same, but my daughter's energy is so lovable. We just can't help but always cuddle and kiss her. My son gets a lot of love, too, from both of us parents. But somehow he also seems to find himself in trouble a lot. Not necessarily with us parents, but church teachers and babysitters. Because my daughter never gets in trouble, he feels like everyone loves her more than him. How can I help him feel loved and accepted by everyone? Well, my first clue that you are seeing his, his activities as a negative is you use the word mischief. You know, can that... The word mischief suggests that he's got an ulterior motive, that he's trying to be difficult, that he's more of a problem child. Now, if you had written me and said, uh, my type three son, true to his nature, he's six years old. He loves getting into things and exploring his world, and he seems to always make everything an adventure. But you see, you're concerned, you know, consider the possibility that you're almost bringing some of this on for him because you're focused on my son is a problem child when others are, and this could be subconscious. I know you don't want to see him this way, but it's just that he, my son gets into trouble. So what if you got rid of that? He does get into things. He has a lot more energy to explore. And how are you helping those people that are working with him understand him so that they don't set him up for failure and expect things of this little boy that he's not ready to be able to successfully pull off in certain settings because you're talking about if it's church teachers then and babysitters these are people that are giving um, some degree of responsibility over your child what have you informed them and how have you uh, um, given them the insight to be able to succeed so that they understand this is how we work with a child that has this kind of higher movement that is very much their own person it's a type three determined energy. And so change your perception, take away the word mischief. My son's an explorer, he's an adventurer, he's very determined, put positive labels on this. He's picking up on something that's negative. It may not even be something you've ever said. He's just feeling the energy and kids are highly intuitive, just like you were with your parents. You could sense whether a parent had an easier time with a sibling than with another child or with yourself. Children have great intuitive sense in their parents' preferences when they read their parents' energy. You were doing it with your parents, your son's doing it with you. And so your words are not enough. What energy is he picking up on? I'm pointing out where he could be picking up on it, that he does see that there is not, he is not as favored or is not, and you've even said it, that you do favor your daughter. You have an easier time with her. So again, it's an unspoken um, 
playing out. You then are trying to make up for it by the words and the how you're speaking to him to make sure he doesn't think that the sister's favor. But but the fact that you said um, you do consciously make an effort not to favor one child over another. I, I know you love them both if you said, but my daughter's energy is so lovable and we just can't help it. Always cuddle and kiss her. See, your that energy's easier for you than your son's energy. He's picking up on that. And even though you're putting words to try and counter it, it's not enough. He's sensing that this is going on. So um, you've got to really look at the energy that you're putting out there that he's picking up on and really change that. So thanks for calling in with that question because I think a lot of parents do that and then try and correct it by, well, I want him to know I really love him, but wow, my daughter's just easier for me. You know, that's what he's reading. So thanks for all your questions um, that have been sent in. And we've got a couple shout outs with our shout out program today. The uh, first one is called Fun on a Dime. Fun on a Dime is two busy moms on a mission to provide inspiration for daily fun, easy recipes, and ideas to improve family life so you can enjoy more and stress less. So you can find these two moms at funonadime.net. And thank you for your uh, shouting us out to your audience. And our second shout out today is Brooke Snow at Every Branch. Every Branch is an online school for, for creativity and life. Brooke is the creator of the soon-to-be-released Digital Detox Your Life online course. This course is all about how to live in harmony with technology. To learn more about the Every Branch School and podcast, visit Brooke's website at everybranch.is. And both these look like great resources for families. Check them out. Thank you to Brooke and to Fun on a Dime for your shout out for us. And I want to just again acknowledge Brooke's work, Digital Detox for Your Life, How to Live in Harmony with Technology. That's all, you know, we didn't need that 10 years ago, but I definitely can say that's going to be a great online course to help give guidance to, we're not going to get rid of technology and we don't want to, but how do we put it into our lives in a balanced way when our children are literally growing up with so many screens and interactive online resources. So that's an asset in their world. I said to my daughter when I was visiting, their two little guys will play different games. Um, you know, they can go to the Wii, to the, the, the what the internet to playing Minecraft to um, phones, iPads, you know, iPhones, and I said it's so fascinating to me that we aren't far enough into this to really see how this being affecting the kind of neurological development of their brains and how this can be an asset versus a detriment to our children because they have a different neural pathway patterning that their brains are creating with so much interactive, very quick um, hand-eye coordinate, you know, when it comes to screens and interactive playing out, how is that going to be a great blessing to humanity to make, continue to support the, the evolution of consciousness that this is an asset? So, I mean, I didn't have an answer for that. I just was observing that going, 
there's a lot of there's a lot more of that going um, accessible to children than ever before as far as interactive experiences with technology. So thank you for those shout outs. If you're interested in our shout out program, you can write parenting at liveyourtruth.com. We have certain criteria in order for someone to be eligible, but we love to share resources through the Child Whisper channels. And then for the two blog posts this week, uh, on the Child Whisperer blog, you can find which parenting story is keeping you stuck. Great post by a, my contributing writer, Kathy West, about old parenting stories that we might be replaying, recycling from our family, uh, from stories we heard, how to free yourself to create your own unique current story as a family. And then on the Carol blog, a great post, five tips to create a job when you're unemployed or underemployed. And this particular five-step process can be applied to anything you want to create in your life if you're not feeling fulfillment with any aspect of your life. So check that out at thecarolblog.com. And you can subscribe to The Child Whisper on iTunes. Just click on the link in the copy of this show, and you can go to iTunes and subscribe to have the weekly podcast sent to you. And remember to go to facebook.com forward slash The Child Whisper and join our growing community in the Facebook world where we also have dedicated private groups for parents of each of the four types of children that you can request to have membership in. Thanks for joining me today. I look forward to a great summer and you to have a great summer. Remember, one podcast a week. Catch up with 10 podcasts. You're going to learn and have a different summer because you're listening to one podcast from the archives every week to make this an amazing summer and to continue to create the child whispering family that you have been creating. I appreciate being able to support you in this medium and thanks for sharing the child whisperer with your friends and loved ones and for taking time to go to the child whisperer Amazon page and leaving a review. I always appreciate beautiful, fabulous reviews that people write about this wonderful book. Thanks. And we'll talk to you soon. As a teacher, healer, speaker, best-selling author of The Child Whisperer, and mother of five children, Carol Tuttle is honored to help you take the power struggle out of parenting and better understand the children in your life. If you'd like Carol to answer your question, call in next time or email your question to parenting at liveyourtruth.com. Carol invites you to learn more about the four types of children at thechildwhisperer.com and connect with her at thecarolblog.com. If you haven't read The Child Whisperer yet, get your copy through the Child Whisperer website and enjoy happier, more successful, more cooperative children. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.